From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. For the last 15 years, I worked in large corporations and my network really was in either the industry or within the companies in which I worked. And to find so many great people, whether it's through the Chamber of Commerce or at other networking events, really just very impressed with the willingness of people to say, hey, I, you know what, I could use that or I can share that. And, and people, you know, being very a champion for your business that you just met. Today on episode 57 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Kendra Walker. Kendra found a new job after her longtime job was eliminated. She quickly realized that where she ended up was not the best solution, so Kendra decided to take control over her own work life. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now, let's welcome Kendra Walker. Kendra is a CPA, CDFA professional, and a Ramsey Solution financial coach master. Kendra holds a BA from Barnard College and an MBA from New York University. With nearly 30 years of experience, in addition to her tenure in public accounting, Kendra has worked for both closely held private and Fortune 500 companies in varying roles, including accounting, finance, human resources, and risk management. Her more recent roles include controller, international, and senior director of finance. She is an adjunct professor teaching a variety of classes. Kendra founded Tremont Financial Coaching, a financial coaching company, in 2019. Kendra, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me today. A pleasure to have you on. So how did you transition from employee to entrepreneur? I know it was not necessarily quite a straight line, but um, I think that's a good place to, for us to start our conversation today. Yeah, that's a great question. So in 2016, um, my position at uh, as global of, of international controller of international was eliminated, and at that point in time, you know, I decided I wanted to go and and work still within the utility industry. So I quickly looked for other employment and was lucky to um to find a, another job that I thought would be a good fit for me. Unfortunately, what I what I found is that my passion for for that position waned rather quickly, and it really just wasn't a good fit for me. It started you. You know, I had a long commute, started to affect my health. So I really started to think about what I really wanted to do, that, that I, you know, not so much focused on the money, but what was my passion. So in uh, March of, of 2019, I left that position and started uh, Tremont Financial Coaching shortly thereafter. And Kendra, how long had you been in your, the job that you had that was eliminated? I would work for that company for about 11 years. So yeah, it was it was a long time. I loved the job, loved the company. It was just unfortunate that they decided to do some cost cutting. Yeah, which is something that happens um, more frequently than I think people discuss. And you know, the fact that you were able to find another job in the same industry fairly quickly is a good thing. Do you think that the new job that you found that there may not have been quite as good a fit as perhaps there could have been? because of the time pressure since your previous job had been eliminated? 
Yes, I think that I definitely kind of felt, a, a you know, that was the first time in my career that I had faced unemployment. So I definitely scrambled to to find a new job. And uh, instead of really taking a step back and saying, you know what, I'm relatively financial secure. I don't need to do this as quickly as, as this. I did it and I, you know, kind of did feel that I rushed into it a bit. Mm. And but once you were in the job and you found that it wasn't the best fit, did you feel a little less time pressure to make a decision to do something that was a closer fit to what you were passionate about, what you really wanted to do? I would say that uh, it took me a while to determine that the position wasn't a good fit for me. It was really more that when I realized that my stress level was really driven by the fact that I wasn't enjoying the position. And uh, at that point, you know, my my health did begin to suffer. So I felt more of a, of a need to make a transition to something else, but wanted to give myself the time to, to create some space between working for in a corporate job and then working for myself. So I really decided to, you know, to leave that position and to move on to something else. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure what that was going to look like. And had you ever had your own business before? I had not. Uh, so this was a, this was definitely a, a new venture for me. A little scary, but, yeah. but exciting too. I was yeah. going to say, how did it, how did it feel right at the very beginning? It felt, you know what, I felt a lot of freedom and, uh, you know, very relieved and excited about the future. I was, you know, trying to form my business and trying to figure out what my business was going to look like. It was, I was learning new things. I was meeting new people. So I found it really engaging and very, very exciting. Also, I guess I said, a little scary, but more more positive than the negative. Right. And you have a background in a lot of operational areas. So in terms of like setting up the business structure, do you feel like you had an advantage over some other professionals that want to start their own consulting or coaching business where they may be really good at their skill set and they may be really good at solving particular kinds of problems for clients, but the actual infrastructure of a business is never something they've been responsible for? I would say that initially it's really all not all that difficult just in terms of, you know, forming whether you're going to be a sole proprietor or an LLC is a pretty straightforward decision. And even forming those companies, whether you need legal assistance or you can do it on your own, it's not really that much of an issue. I think it becomes more of an issue if you're starting a business where you're looking at buying inventory and doing financing. But if you're actually selling your services, I don't think that for people who are who don't have my background, I don't think it would be all that much of a challenge. So that's really, really my thought. I think that's in some ways easier than, than the, some of the operational things. Yep. And Kendra, how did you figure out what your core offering was going to be? You know what? I took some time and I sat down and I thought, what should I really love about my last couple of jobs? And what do I feel is my, my unique offering? So that was really, you know, again, I took some time, wrote it down, rewrote it, and then I've tweaked it actually over the last year. But I think it was in my in my past two jobs, the thing I really loved was helping people, developing my team, helping other team members um, learn new things and succeed. And I thought if I can take that and couple that with my technical background in finance and accounting risk management and, and really focus on helping others succeed, 
I thought that that would be a, a business that I would be very passionate about, which is which is true. Mm-hmm. And how did you figure out who would be your target market? You know what? That was a, has taken shape over time. At first, I, you know, as a financial coach, coach serving individuals, it was more like I was like, okay, anybody who's in debt. But as time has gone on, that has um, become more fine tuned. And on the business side, same thing. At first, I thought, well, if there's any, you know, any business that that wants to be more profitable is my target. But then I really started to think about, well, what kind of people do I like to work with, and what kind of businesses, and what kind of people do I think. I'm best suited to help. So that has really, that is one thing that has definitely evolved over the last year, Mm -hmm. you know, from just saying, I'll take any client just to grow my business to, um, you know what, there are some clients that I'm better able to serve than others. Yeah, I think that's actually quite common. How did you get your first client? I actually had a, got a referral through the Dave Ramsey organization. So that was, that was how I received my first, my first client. Okay. And then for those who don't know, what is the Dave Ramsey organization? Well, Dave Ramsey is a is a financial guru. He has a radio show. He has a, several books out. Total Money Makeover um, is one of them. I am a, a Ramsey-trained financial coach. So as part of that program, when I became a Ramsey preferred coach, I actually started to receive referrals from their program of people who really wanted to, as Dave Ramsey would say, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being in debt or you know, not having money left at the end of the day. So um, helping those people work through you know, the seven baby steps that he has laid out, whether it's, it's um, getting out of debt or building an emergency fund, saving, you know, investing your money. So it really is a, a very concrete set of steps. And so again, I did get referrals through the, through the Ramsey organization when I was a Ramsey preferred coach. Who's your ideal client now? Uh, my ideal client on the business side is I like to work with family-owned businesses because I worked in family-owned businesses for eight years. So I have some perspective as far as the unique issues that are different than just a closely uh, any other small business. And I also like to work with uh, with women-owned businesses. I think that is you know that's a passion of mine. Uh-huh. And on the personal side. On the personal side, I really enjoy working with uh, with professionals and couples who are, you know, they're not broke, but they just at the end of the day go, gosh, we're just working too darn hard to have this much debt and to have so little savings. I really enjoy working, you know, working with that type of that type of client. Kendra, as your your target market got more defined and narrower, what happened to your business? I would say that. I'm really at the beginning of that stage. You know, I probably before COVID, I was at the point where I was saying, I'll still take anyone. But really, COVID gave me an opportunity to take a step back and say, okay, this is a time for me to reflect on where I've been and where I want to go after COVID or or what's a transition. I think my, my marketing and my networking will be much more focused going forward. And so I, I believe that my time will be better spent and I'll be able to get more quickly to the people who really need my services. It's interesting that actually during the pandemic, you decided to make your business narrower because there's so many people that are afraid certainly at the beginning of the lockdown were afraid that business was just going to disappear and trying to focus on a essentially a narrower audience can seem like it's risky yes yeah, so i'm not sure if you're familiar with the book the pumpkin plan 
But that's really what the pumpkin plan really lays out is really looking at what your ideal customer is and how you can grow the biggest pumpkin by by really focusing on your top clients and your and your ideal clients as opposed to trying to be the everything to everybody, which uh, really takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, and doesn't necessarily leave you the energy and the time to spend on your top clients. Oh, it's so true. So actually, that's a great segue into one of the things I wanted to talk with you about, which is what kinds of resources have you found most helpful to make the transition from employee to entrepreneur? I would say that, you know, at the beginning, I really didn't know much about how I wanted to market my business. I, I knew I, I like I needed a website, but I really didn't know anything about that. So over the years, I had developed a lot of connections in the community, and I really started to reach out to those connections and say, this is what I'm trying to do. What do you think? So it was just a, it's a funny, funny story, but I reached out to a marketing and communications colleague of mine that I'd served on with a board on a board years ago, and he's like, gosh, I would love to be able to help you, but I'm very busy right now. But let me give you a couple of resources that I would depend upon. And I reached out to both of those people, great professionals, graphic design, um, marketing plan, press releases, that type of thing. That was their area of expertise. And it was so funny. They both lived like within five blocks of my house. No kidding. Yeah, right. So so it really was, you know, using, uh, you know, asking the people that were already in my network to make referrals of people that they would rely upon. So I really was very lucky to find some some people who really knew their stuff and really helped put some meat around what I wanted to do. What was most unexpected for you when you became um, owner of your own business? I think that I had the impression that if I put it out there, people will flock to it and, and I will have all of this business. <laughs> naively. And I remember my marketing person looking at my, you know, my first year business plan. He's like, you might want to think about scaling that back just a little bit, your expectations. I was like, oh no, this is completely doable. And then I realized that he was, he had given me some very good advice. And so that was, that was one of the things I realized that I was going to have to really work much harder for every, to get every client. And on the flip side, what's one unexpected thing that happened to you that has been really positive? I think that the the willingness of other professionals to help. I you know, again, I for the last 15 years I worked in large corporations and my network really was in either the industry or within the companies in which I worked. And to find so many great people, whether it's through the Chamber of Commerce or at other networking events, really just in, in very impressed with the willingness of people to say, hey, I, you know what, I could use that or I can share that. And, and people to, help, you know, being very a champion for, for your business that you just met. So I was very pleased with that. Yeah. What do you think causes somebody that just meets you to be a champion for your business? That's a great question. I think that, well, hopefully that part of it is that there's a mutual respect and a mutual understanding that that I can also, I'm willing to help them, that it's a mutual referral situation. And so, because I, I want to understand their business and understand how I can help them, I think that that makes people more enthusiastic to want to help you. Mm. What kinds of networking situations have you found to be really helpful, particularly now during a lockdown? 
So I would say that the lockdown networking has been a little bit difficult. We have a really excellent chamber of commerce here in the Lehigh Valley, and they have done a lot of online networking. They've done, you know, Zoom happy hours. So there has there have been a lot of efforts made, but I do think it's harder to make connections that way. So I'm still trying to find the right mix of continuing to do do the right level of networking. The one thing I have found is that people that I have met in the past at other networking events who maybe were too busy with their business to really have a chat have been more available during during COVID to actually chat. So that's that has been, if there's an upside, that, that would be it. Hmm. Kendra, if you were advising yourself back when you were employed in the job that got terminated, right before you found the second job, and then we're thinking about, well, there must be a better way for me to do meaningful work and get paid what I'm worth. What would you have advised yourself? I would advise people, I would have advised myself to be confident that things will work out and, you know, really take the time to, you know, step back, decompress, recharge put some distance between your corporate job and your new venture and really focus on, you know, what do you think you can do well? And, and again, don't feel rushed because you will be successful if you work at it and you have the right, the right idea. And you also have to be willing to say, okay, this idea didn't quite exactly work out the way that I wanted to. So I have to, I have to be able to tweak it. So, so there's a level of flexibility in being an entrepreneur that maybe didn't exist when you had a set job description within the corporate world. So I would, you know, again, I would encourage myself to take a deep breath, believe in yourself and be ready to be, to be flexible and have fun. And that being said, like right now, we're in the middle of an incredible economic downturn worldwide. Yes. That's really unprecedented because of the cause. And, um, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out how to plan anything. And at the same time, there are also lots of highly skilled people that are becoming unemployed. What would you advise someone who has suddenly become unemployed and has made the decision that the next step is going to be working for herself or himself. Again, I, I think the advice would be is really focus in on what your unique offering would be. What do, what did you love to do? And what's unique about what you have to offer? So that would really be what I would encourage people to do is, you know, a lot of people go out and say, I'm going to be a consultant. And that's, you know, that's sort of a blanket. And I think that's good. But what what's going to be special about your consulting services that somebody else isn't offering? You know, a lot of people who are, you know, losing their jobs right now have a, 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 a tremendous amount of experience and a wealth of knowledge and really trying to you know, write that down and say, this is, you know what, this is incredible. I have this experience that nobody else has. And to really leverage that into the, into the next step. And also, you know, given the fact that you are a financial coach, there are, for people going through any kind of work transition right now, the financial piece can be really scary and it could also be a major burden. What do you think people should do? Well, so uh, just talking about like, I'll take from my, from what I did for myself and what I would invite, advise my clients to do in that, in that scenario. So one of the things I, I really needed to do is I needed to take a hard look at my personal budget and I needed to say, okay, 
I have a lot of trappings of financial success, but do I really need those things into the next phase? So I needed to make some some difficult decisions about my about lifestyle, about the car I drove, and you know about where I was spending my money, and really pare down my budget. So that took a lot of pressure off of me in terms of saying, okay, I've got to replace this amount of income right away. That would be one of the things that I would definitely advise people. Um, again, I always say life is better with a budget. So if somebody doesn't have a budget, I definitely would encourage folks to sit down, uh, particularly if they are they're they're married, sit down with their with their spouse or their partner and and make a determination of, you know, what are we willing to do on belt tightening to make, you know, to give me some breathing room. Because there's it is um, become, you know, starting a business is stressful enough, but having the financial pressure that you've got to you know, on day one, make what you are making in the corporate world probably puts undue pressure on on yourself and on your relationships and on your new business. You know, Kendra, you don't have control over someone else's decision to pay you, but you do have control over your own expenses. Yes, that's absolutely true. So I mentioned that I, you know, when I went into this venture, I decided I need to cut my expenses. So I really looked hard and long at, at the expenses, was able to cut my budget by by a third, you know. So it was a combination of making some big decisions in terms of car, but also some little decisions. And, and I don't know whether you've been there, but, you know, I, talking to a lot of my clients, you go into Target for one item or Walmart or wherever it might be for one item and you come out with a shopping cart full of $200 and you're like, what the heck did I just get? So I was very conscious of those of those types of decisions, and I started paying, stopped using credit cards, and started paying for everything in cash. And that really helped me keep a control, you know, control over over my expenditures. So I didn't have to be as stressed out about about you know taking every client and you know making so much money from day one. Yeah, that's um, that's actually really sound strategy. And yet, yes, I have been there, and I've noticed when I am really careful about the decisions I make on expenses, um, I can keep the expenses down significantly. Because um, like, there are certain things that are, that are really essential just to live. There are certain things that are essential to maintain your lifestyle, but there's an awful lot that we spend that really is not essential to maintain our lifestyle. It's just, you know, it's a whim or it's nice or whatever, and you can save a lot of money there. Absolutely, yes. Um, so Kendra, we've covered a lot of ground today about your own story about how you have transitioned from employment into your current business. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything you've shared today to talk about your story or, or to talk about your expertise and what you do as a coach or access any resources that you have, where would they go? Best place is my website, uh, which is tremontfinancialcoaching.com. And uh, that's that's a really good resource for both the, the individual coaching and the small business coaching that, that I do. Okay. And is there a special offer for our audience? Absolutely. So normally I offer potential clients a free 30-minute consultation, but for listeners to this podcast, I'm offering an hour. So if someone wants to schedule that, go to my website and select schedule a consultation. When you do that, select the one-hour session and in the comments, add going solo. So I'll know that you uh, you listen to the podcast and you're, you're eligible for the one-hour free consultation. Sounds great. Uh, Kendra, thank you so much for offering that. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. My guest today has been the president of Tremont Financial Coaching, Kendra Walker. Thank you again, Kendra, for joining us. 
Thank you so much, David. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned the importance of being proactive about your work life following a late career job loss. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.